1: The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com,
0: the ultimate resource for racing fans.
1: Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emmett Kennedy. I am currently sweating profusely in humidity, but in a Dyson air-conditioned house, thanks to Producer D, it's At The Race's pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! And you are now (laughs) brand ambassador for Dyson because you are astonished, stunned, and amazed at just how effective that fan is.
2: Yeah, D has just arrived in with this strange contraption that's a Dyson fan, apparently, and I have no idea how it works. I don't know where the air is coming from, but it's cool and breezy.
1: Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> they're super cool. They are super it's kind cool. kind of like, it's
2: like black magic. It's
1: we serious. we got to add one of those to the Final Friarland Podcast studio. Seriously. Uh, this heat, no joke. Although... Thunderstorm on the way, according to Lucy Very sammy Yes!
2: Speaking, on, Ray.
1: speaking of a thunderstorm, Rory Delargy from Matchbook. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Good evening. And I'm assuming you have a hat full of winners lined up for us. So let's start by taking a, a quick look. I've got a hat
0: full of something, I'll tell you that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's take a quick look at Friday's action. Uh, ITV3 covering this. 225 New Market, the Duchess of Cambridge Stakes, main edition. And Gossamer Wings will be very, very interesting runners. The Scat Daddy for Aidan O'Brien um, is Main Edition going to win again, Rory?
0: Um, I think she will. Although it's obviously um, uh, it's tight between the front three in the market, and particularly between her and Lapelosa. I think a lot of people will expect Lapelosa to reverse form with Main Edition mm. um, from the uh, the Albany, given that La Pelosa, um was beaten only narrowly. Um, there, and was only having her second start, so it was bound to improve. But I, I remember saying at the time when we reviewed Royal Ascot, I thought Main Edition did really well um, because she. I didn't think it was an easy race to make all the running in. Um, she had a group on the other side of the track from her. She had to do the, the donkey work for those she was racing with. It looked a furlong likely she was going to be swallowed up um, by the group, and I, I thought it was very impressive how she rallied again and um, and put the race to bed. So Alosh only won by a net from Lapalosa, um, and she's had three runs. Lapalosa's just had the two. Um, people will expect the um, uh, the Godolphin filly to, to turn her over, but I'm not at all sure. She strikes me as being really, really tough. Um, and again, the other thing to bear in mind with Godolphin fillies is it's very rarely an excuse for them um, not to know what the job's about in a big race earlier in the career that they're very very forward um and although she should improve again i i don't really buy into the notion that she should improve a chunk more than main Edition because she's had one less run um i think main Edition will confirm the form uh, the other thing i'll be worried about with lapelosa is the draw um the, the one thing that um, struck me in the first day of the july meeting was that it was in several races it was absolutely impossible to get involved from a low draw uh, not a huge field for this and it may not be that much of a deal um on the the second day but i'd rather be with something that can race prominently and and wear it once in the track than something that's going to well i mean lapelosa should be should race prominently as well but Stall two is is definitely not as good as Stall five um and if you needed something to to tip you in that direction then uh, that'd be enough but i'd fancy main edition anyway
1: okay main edition. who i think will definitely confirm form over La Palosa uh, 3.75 as we record on Thursday evening 11 to 4 20 to 8 3.75 <laughs> exchanges they're the future uh, Gossamer Wings 6.0 a $500,000 uh, not, not if you're
0: getting 3 to 1 from somebody
1: 6.0 a, a three, a $500,000 oh. scat daddy who is improving fast and gets Ryan Moore for the first time but is drawn very low in stall 1 Kevin can you make a case for her Stables won this oh, for the last two years.
2: I can make a case for quite a few of these. This is a good renewal of the race, I think. Um, main addition, I've nothing against her whatsoever. Um, she she put up a very impressive time at Goodwood before going to Ascot, and the concern going to Ascot was the ground, really, because she, she you know she does lift her knee, um, but she showed you know that the ground wasn't an issue there. I you know uh, I suppose her. Liking for this type of ground will be tested even more so on this July course with the ups and plenty of downs of it. But um, I think today, certainly, the ground wasn't riding um, properly good to firm. It was kind of good to firm slash good, I think, by all accounts, according to the clock. Um, So that'll be a help to her. And I have nothing against any of the front three, to be honest. There are three lovely fillies. um, Let Pelosa, and that was her first run on turf at Royal Ascot. So I'd expect her to improve. Um, main edition, you know, could well come forward again, as Rory says. And and Gossamer Wings, you know, we, we've we talked about it many, many times on the podcast this year um, about Aidan O'Brien, two-year-olds coming on uh, from run to run. And while Ascot was her fourth run, um, it's not unreasonable at all to expect that she could come on from that again. Um, and I think the extra furlong, are certainly, ret- sorry, I should say, returning to six furlongs and will suit her, given how well she finished off in the Queen Mary.
1: So who are you going to side with, Kev?
2: Well, oh, I'm finding it hard to have a strong opinion, to be honest, Kenner, but at the, I, I think the, the front three are real good fillies. And if you put a gun to my head, um, it would probably be Gossamer Wings at the prices. Um, Rory has made mention of the draw. That is definitely a concern. Mm. But um, I think this is one to watch. We'll, you know, This is a group two, but I think there's a group one winner in amongst these. If one of these can come out and beat the rest with, with a degree of comfort, um, they're a group one winner in waiting I suspect.
1: Okay, nothing wrong with sitting back and watching this race. Um, I think that main addition if you're going to go for something at the top of the mark between la pelosa and uh, i definitely stick with mark Johnston's filly uh she can come forward and that's rory's opinion as well coming at a stall five but uh the 6.0 about customer wings i think is very very interesting for a stable who's won the race for the last two years alpha centauri uh Fascinating runner for the Jessica Harrington team with Colm O'Donohue. She set a new track record at Royal Ascot last time out and will be expected to put up a sterling performance again as she faces basically the same opposition, Kevin. Uh, did you see enough in Clemmy's performance last time out to make you think that she could get closer, or is this just a matter of how far for Jessica Harrington's
2: stable star? Not- no, I would expect Clement to come forward again. I think the vibes still weren't great going into Ascot. You know, I think the view was she's coming forward, but she's not there yet. So I would expect a better performance from her again. And um, You know, Alpha Centuri or Centuri, or however you want to pronounce it, um, obviously a lot of people will assume she's erasing certainty here um, given the performance she put up last time. It was absolutely spectacular. Um... You know, one of the performances of Royal Ascot certainly on the clock, it ticked every box. Um, but, 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 I would just say, I would be a little bit cautious about her repeating that effort three weeks on. Um, she's a big girl. That was, I know she won by six lengths and people think that when horses win by wide bars and seemingly with loads in hand, um, they they do it easily. You can't run time like that and not have a hard race. Um, on fast ground she's a big girl it does hit the ground a little bit um, if she were mine and unfortunately she is not um, I would have been inclined to give her a little bit more time and um, to give her every opportunity to get over that you know um, she's a filly that they that they found themselves minding last season after Roy Lascott, they gave her a good break before going back for the Mygler. Um and yeah I'm just concerned they might be going back to the well a little bit quick here you know, it was only not much more than three weeks on from the, the one thousand guineas that they went back to the well at Ascot. And it's three three weeks exactly to the Falmouth here. And yeah, I'd be I'd be concerned now. I would be concerned and given the shape of the race, um it's not exactly the most attractive each way race if you did want to take a take a swing against her, but um I would just be expressing loads of caution here and i certainly wouldn't be expecting her to repeat what she did at ascot she may well win anyway but who i'd be i'd be afraid now i'd be fearful going into this about 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 alpha
1: okay this is another race that Aiden o'brien has won for the last two years uh alice springs and roly poly clemmy definitely has it in her if she can just get back to that juvenile form
2: um, yeah, look, she was the best. She was the pick of Aidan's fillies at two, but she has the has she's the proof that she's trained on. And there's no wild reason to suspect she hasn't, but she just hasn't done it yet. And it's been, you know, well established. She had a little setback earlier in the season. And it's just been a case of her being slow to come to hand. But there was there was encouragement in her last start at Ascot, and I, I'd expect her to come on again, but. Would it be? I think the market is still assuming that that improvement is coming. You know, I don't think that, that they're giving away anything at the price. So um, I would find it easy enough to leave her alone at that price, even with my concerns about Alpha.
0: Okay, Rory, your assessment of the race. Yeah, I take what um, what Kevin says on board there. Um, there's, there's not an awful lot to be gained by backing Alpha Centauri at a really short price. Mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't be backing Clemmy against her either, though. Um, yeah, this is a race that has thrown up shocks in the past. Um, and when any horse puts up a performance like Alpha Centauri did at, um, at, at Royal Ascot, the chances are that they revert a little bit to the mean next time out. Um, there's no way, I mean, it's pretty much impossible for a horse to be putting up that performance on a regular basis. So that's liable to be um, a, a highlight, certainly for the time being, from her. But even if she does revert to the form that she showed when in the Irish Guineas, that, that'd be good enough to win this. Um, the one thing i will say about about her um turning up quickly is that yes they did give her a long break last season after royal ascot but she's had two runs after a break in her career and she's run poorly both times um so she does seem to thrive on her racing um so we, that, we, that's we, a did, we did
2: it mitigating circumstances there to we did yes
0: you, we had a soft grind for both of those um mm-hmm. so that that's that is mitigation but you know there may be uh, the fact that she's coming off a break both times might in itself um be be something to bear in mind but I think we're of, of roughly the same mind. I, I think um, you're pretty much you're pretty much guaranteed not to find value backing horses like Alpha Centauri after she's put up an absolutely um, stunning display like she did at Royal Ascot. Um, she was a terrific bet then, um, as as we've mentioned um, in Andy Post pieces. Um, but try to follow her in now if you miss the wedding and you're you're looking to back her now you're you're liable to turn up to the funeral, as it were uh so if if you want to see a great performance, tune in and hope she does it again, but I don't see any any great angle in piling in at, at you know probably four to nine.
1: Yeah, she is gonna be short, and we've seen wide margin winners get turned over next time out, so while on paper, it looks as though she's a good thing. Uh, I think the concerns of the lads is certainly merited and uh, it's going to be a fascinating uh, race. If you were going to take her on, Rory, because you were saying that you weren't necessarily keen to be getting stuck into clemie so if you were going to take her on, who would it be with?
0: Um, although she's nowhere near as good, if you're looking for a shock, you've got to look at how the race might pan out and there's a possibility that Nihal um gets loose on the lead. And if she set a, a soft enough pace, then that wouldn't bring the best out of, um, out, out of Alpha Centauri and gives her half a chance of bringing a shock. But again, it's not even a good race for each way betting, is it? Mm. Um, but if you, if you had to ask me where a, where a big shock might come from, then then is the obvious one.
1: Okay. Uh, Nyaledi as the possible alternative uh, for Rory. That brings us on to Saturday's racing. And uh, we will begin by taking a look at the juvenile race, the Superlative Stakes, which has been won in the past by a certain Mr. Aidan O'Brien, including last year with (laughs) Gustav Klimth. And in this race, Kevin Blake, we have the full brother to one of the greatest horses to ever grace the turf a 240,000 guineas yearling and a full brother to Highland Real it's Cape of Good Hope good thing for the Derby next year and a good oh, thing for this race at Newmarket
2: oh lordy uh, how, far, no
0: back from that intro, is-
2: how far Kevin? how no, far Kevin? we can't go on from there can we? <laughs> um, he looked ordinary enough the first two days now to be fair to him but he, he was certainly better at Tipperary last time and jumped out, made all one snug enough, you know, in a race that, you know, it was a winner's race now. But I don't think it was too hectic. He was he was getting weight off off the couple that, that had won races, and um, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't there wouldn't have been a performance that set me alight now? But look, we know I've I've given up, you know, trying to pull cold water on these O'Brien two year olds because they do really keep progressing and improving. Um, so you know, a, a big chunk of improvement wouldn't be out of the question at all. Um there's some interesting maiden winners here. To be fair, um, I'd be very interested to see how the market assesses them all. Certain lad comes in there representing the the railway stakes form from the Curra Van aye. Beethoven. Yeah, Van Beethoven let that down a bit today. Yeah, um, but you know he he was beaten a long way. I don't think that necessarily can be used as an indication of the level of the form. Um, but look, it's it's not a race I have a strong opinion on. There's a few nice maiden winners. Neverland Rock, I watched his run back today. I thought he was reasonably impressive. Um, And Quarto for Charlie Appleby, if that's me pronouncing it right. um, I think it's always encouraging when you get a Dubowy that can, you know, can come out and win in June of his two-year-old year. You know, they're always generally better with time.
1: Nicely bred and too, so- Kev.
2: Yeah, volume. What did volume do? I remember volume. She
1: was placed in the Irish Oaks.
2: Um, that's right. Yeah. 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 She was a good filly. Uh, first hole, this, this fella is. But yeah, generally, like when horses kind of outspeed their pedigrees, it's generally just, you know, it's ability that's doing it hmm. rather than, you know, precocity tends to be built in with, with a lot of ability generally. And you wouldn't expect a, a son of Dubawi out, out of an Irish Oaks third to be out winning over six furlongs in June of their two year old year. So um, the fact that he was able to, to do that suggests that he's probably quite good. And um, he's interesting as well, but it's certainly, I, I don't have any prices race in front of me. I don't know if you guys do, but it's not a race that any of them are lepping off the page at me, to be honest.
1: Cape of Good Hope is a best price of 5.5, uh, Quitero 4.0, Certain Lad 6.0, Defar 6.5, Neverland Rock 7.0. Um, nine and blown by sorry wind I don't at I don't 0. understand
2: these numbers you're you're saying <laughs> can you can you give them in a proper traditional format please
1: no <sighs> move with absolute, the times this is an
2: absolute disgrace Kay. move and, with the times and I, hope, and I hope the listeners duly give you endless abuse for it. this is a terrible decision and I hope you will live to regret it due <laughs> to the abuse you get from our the loyal, times. loyal listeners.
1: At our loyal punish, listeners, punish him, listeners, our punish loyal him. listeners are intelligent, and they well know what decimal odds are. If you can't and adjust, well know, that's your problem. They
2: well know what a sellout looks like when they see one. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. And I still remember that pro form ad that you did, Kevin Blake. So we can go down that road too, if you'd like.
2: Hey, I'm when it was the last time I talked about pro form?
1: Today. Now, walked into that one, right? uh who are you know is this a case of just sit back watch with an eye to the future or can you see a, a betting proposal here having if, heard
0: the price if you can out? tell me when you're when you're putting money up to back cable of good hope oh on these exchanges of yours then i'm sure the <laughs> pair of us will uh, will be happy to take you on oh listen <laughs> what price are you gonna give me rory he's not uh, um he's not the he's not the um the most precocious kid with good hope, despite the fact he had, he's had a few runs to date. Um, I think you'll end up backing him at the end of the season, still banging the drum in the Zettling Sticks over a mile and a quarter. That's his race this
2: season, isn't it? Oh, no, I love He's loved, a good
0: I'd, horse, lad, I'm telling you. He's a good horse. I'd have given up,
2: yeah, if, that's have given up if that's the case. I'd have given up if that's the
1: case. Should they're only getting to run on grass now? They weren't able to. They had to run on the all-weather back at Ballydoyle.
2: They're only getting to run on now. The grass now.
1: It's too thick and hard. Now it's too. Now it's too hard. So that performance at Tipperary just goes to show you how good he is. Now's the time to back him,
0: Rory. Get on board. The lads will be getting stuck in. Uh, well, we'll we'll get that stat about the uh, the Stakes and the Derby next spring again. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was. Was exactly.
1: it Q Gardens won that and then yeah. you went for the Derby, wasn't it?
0: I'd take a Queen's Q, Vaz victory for Cape of Good Hope. The, the previous year, it threw out the Derby winners, didn't it? Yeah, or, I think, or, yeah, or, or, yeah it did. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, Q, I'll tell you, Kew yeah. Gardens runs in the Grand Prix de Paris on Saturday. Oh,
1: that's right, he does. Yeah,
2: against DX The real French Derby.
1: Yes, the actual French Derby. The none of this French. 10 furlong nonsense.
2: Yeah, yeah. A, it looks a pretty weak renewal now, do it you? It I know looks a an
1: of it. awful renewal.
2: Downdraft is running. The great downdraft.
1: <laughs> and
2: but this it this it looked like some good thing beaten in the, in the King Charles. I was just at, gonna the King say George handicap if he goes and wins a group one on his next start.
1: Justice for downdraft. He goes and wins <laughs> under, under Christoph Sumion.
0: Interesting yeah. I, was, I was going to mention Downdraft on the last podcast. But it, it dried on a fair while and um, I didn't get a chance <laughs> yeah, in like But all. I thought he was you know I thought he was he was clearly interested going into that race. He had no chance of winning.
2: Yeah, yeah, so the way, yeah, the way the way the race yeah, out. yeah, race was gone. Um, and I thought,
0: I thought he was he was one who was going to be really interesting later in the season. He wouldn't he wouldn't make the e four, would he? Unless, um, unless he won. Unless the, so they can't do it.
2: Three year olds aren't allowed in the e four anymore. Hmm. Um, they've got oh, rid well, of they, since they, they upraised the yes, money, they, yeah, they, so they, they got rid of the three year olds. Well,
0: let me so just, the Melrose has the beefed up a bit. Let me just say so the this: the three year olds have got in the last few years anyway. Mark
1: Johnston took one hell of a beating at the hands of Joseph O'Brien. And you know what? Looking at this race, he might do so again. I wouldn't be in the least bit surprised if Downdraft went out and beat DXB. Q Gardens, Nelson, uh, and then a couple of Frenchies, and we know they're useless with the exception of Study of Man, so... Yeah, yeah,
2: it's a fairly, fairly brutal-looking Group
1: One, isn't it? Yeah, it's a windy old Group One now, and I wouldn't be in the least bit surprised if the final Furlong Podcast posse, if we all got stuck into downdraft, sent him our favourite, and he goes and wins.
2: Well, one certainty is he'll be a massive price.
1: Way too big you a price. Be, you can
2: be sure that yeah. he'll be massive. Um and look like Rory said, I know we've we've gone off on a sidetrack here, but um the way the King George handicap panned out, he'd no real chance oh, after no chance. after hundred yards. Yeah. Um making miracles has come out and he he actually ran a very similar race the Downdraft draft in, in the position he came from and the the ground he made up late and he's bolted up in a handicap at um at Haydock last time. So um, as a great man once said it can be done lads but, but kevin maybe blake maybe not necessarily so in a group one. kevin
1: blake <laughs> is the race planner they ran him in a handicap they're now going for a group one in france and they've got the main man christophe sumion on board get stuck in at paris longchamp <laughs> this is the time joseph o'brien's in red hot form He's at a treble tonight at Leopardstown as we record the podcast. He's the Irish Derby-winning trainer. He's going to win. Dundalk, even. Apologies. Dundalk. Nothing wrong with Dundalk. And he's going to win the real French Derby, the Grand Prix de Paris at Paris-Longchamp. Christophe's going to be blowing kisses to the crowd, and you can see it live on At The Races, 7 o'clock Saturday. Get stuck in. Uh, getting back to the 105 at Newmarket. Um yeah are you Sorry, going
2: to, totally my fault i apologize
0: <laughs> are you going to
1: have a bet in this race uh roy de i
0: I'd, I'd um well I, i'm i would not be mad to have a bet given given what else is going on on saturdays it's, it's feast or famine with racing in the uk at the moment isn't it mm. um so I, I can leave i can leave a lot of the, the the two-year-old group races alone um at this time of the year but um, I'd I'd agree with one of the comment that uh, Kevin made. I thought Quarter was very interesting, with his pedigree to win over six furlongs on debut, um, suggests he's out of the ordinary. I don't think it's a, an especially strong race. Those were the best form of had plenty of opportunities to show it, um, and Quarter doesn't need to improve an awful lot on his um, uh, on his debut success, and he will definitely improve a chunk for stepping up to seven furlongs. I so see. he'd be the one who would interest me.
1: And Charlie Appleby won this race two years ago, right? The one forty. The Bunbury Cup. I think <laughs> I think we know why we're talking about this race. We know the winner. Hydra uh, New Market Suits. William Buick takes over. Gilgamesh wins uh, the Bunbury Cup. And he's currently available at 6.0
2: i'm just i'm gonna find well, a tweet here you work away there there i'm like said, i'm not gonna argue with to that
0: here. <laughs> the, the only issue i would have a gilgamesh in this race is um uh whether it becomes difficult to make grind from off the pace yeah he has been held up with runs and um my issue with new market in in july is that often you get loose on the lead and that's a massive advantage um, so although he's well enough drawn, he won't be going forward from stall thirteen. I like him a lot. I mean, he's—I've been banging the drum about him all season. Yeah. Um, I—I I napped him in the um, in the Wokingham last time out. I, I thought he—I thought he ran a, a lot better than the bear result, um, beaten less than two and a half lengths into seventh. For the for I the second time for, for
1: the second time at Ascot, he he's run better than the bear result. Like he was only beaten two lengths. Yeah, he was he was really
0: unlucky in the Victoria. Oh, terribly. Beaten. Less than two lengths there yeah. in the seventh. He's just on the wrong side of the track, but the seven furlongs suited him. Dropping back to six, I thought, I think that six furlongs will actually be fine for him in time. Um, but you don't suddenly, um, you don't drop back to six furlongs for a race like the Wokingham and take it in your stride. Yeah. And um, that's the one thing I, I realized that I probably got wrong last time out. You need to be conditioned for that kind of thing. And that would have helped his development being in a race like that. He will step forward. And if it's a fair race, if it doesn't confer favorites on anyone, then he'll win. My worry with the Bunbury Cup is that it often isn't the fair race. I like it that. On
1: I like terms. that comment though. He will win if it's a fair race. Um, what do you? What stock do you put into the fact that William Buick takes over? He has ridden him before.
0: Well, it's, it's clearly not a bad thing. I mean, when he, well, he rode him before. It's a very strange one. He, he, he was not particularly busy, and again, I, I I put him up as a bet in the um, in the Spring Cup at Newbury. Well, the Spring Mile. Got to get it right. Spring Cup, isn't it? Um, yeah, the Spring Mile being at Doncaster. Uh, I thought he was really interesting because he really caught my eye last year, which is why I've been so keen on him for a long time. Yeah, um, And here he was making a seasonal reappearance in a, in a big mile handicap. And I thought he'd, he's going to be ready for this. He's a big player. And you could not have seen a horse with less chance than a race he had in that. He was beaten all ends up. Um, uh, beaten over thirty lengths in the end.
1: Yeah, it's a strange Second contest. Last. You had to
0: race near near the stands' rail, and you had to be handy all the way to get involved. Uh, and he was just looked after there. But so the fact that William Buick came in for the ride that day, and um, it didn't seem to be the be-all and end-all. Um, but it was fair enough that, that William looked after him when he had absolutely no chance the way the race panned out. Mm. He's probably benefited from a drop back and trip anyway, um, because he was pretty keen at Newbury. Um, he may, in time, prove. Um, fully effective at six furlongs, maybe even at his best at six but he does need to get used to the tempo of those uh big six furlong races i mean you're only looking at um the walking and the steward's cup um essentially um and those will be on his agenda but seven furlong sits him really well uh he just needs a fair race and the worry with um with new market is that he could run a massive race here and just be in the wrong part of the track at the wrong time uh, and you can just see it panning out that he catches the eye, looks an unlucky loser, and you think, well, there you go, there's a moral winner and one that's going to win next time out. But when you're backing them at short prices, you can't afford to have moral winners. You need to have actual winners.
1: winners. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, moral, he
2: can't eat moral winners.
1: <laughs> that, being s- <laughs> that being said, though, uh, Rory and I will be sticking with Gilgamesh to get the job done. Um, Dunnick has picked up with the spare ride and the second favorite for William Haggis. Uh, on Mutasm. Uh, Kevin, for you, who are you with?
2: Jesus. Sorry, I just was dropping in the remote control into D and I'm looking at this fan and it's now moving. It's moving side to side. Did
1: you not know it does that?
2: No, I've never seen one of these in my life. It's completely new to me.
1: They're seriously impressive.
2: Good God.
1: You will be ice cool for as long as you want
2: from now on. Um, Right, so I'm going to leave him a bit too fascinated by that. And um, you can get yeah, a I,
1: Dyson fan uh, for about six hundred pounds sterling uh, at your latest and nearest Dyson retailer.
2: Um, yeah, I don't have a, I don't have an opinion on this race, to be honest. But um, I was just thinking, there the people that named Shady McCoy. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I did regret that now, aren't I? <laughs> oh yeah, you'll be familiar with this kind of you love the old American culture but yeah. shady McCoy is, uh, is an American football player by the name of LaShawn McCoy yeah and if you Google his name you'll see he's in a sticky situation at the moment. You'll get some
1: <laughs> interesting stuff. I suggest don't look it up at work but do look it up in your what? own time. It's awful time. What do you want about I'm not entirely it's not, certain. It's not, it's not KevinBlake.com. <laughs> do, do, you even,
2: do, you, do you actually know what I'm talking about, Kennedy?
1: Yeah, yeah, the home invasion.
2: Yeah, apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, cops... go in and the hammer and the hammer to head off his ex-missus and rubbed stuff off. Yeah,
1: cops, cops were dispatched to uh, LeSean McCoy's home. And uh, he's now had to hire a high-profile attorney uh, yeah, he's McCoy.
2: a he's a. I, I'm not. I don't follow it as close as I used to. But he's a fair superstar, he is. isn't he?
1: Yeah, but th- have you seen the pictures of of his? Um... Oh
2: yeah, terrible. Yeah, she got oh. an awful doing. Oh, it's, it's accounts, absol- yeah. absolutely frightening.
1: It's absolutely
2: yeah, all, horrific. Oh, you know. Joking aside, yeah, it's pretty shocking stuff. Which is why I wonder the person who named that horse will be going. Yeah, they might try and do a
1: Chinese thing here and like call him Red Dragon or something like that. Get get the name. Send send him
2: to Hong Kong and call him Lucky Luck Luck. Yeah, yeah, something
1: (laughs) on those lines. I can't imagine that uh, they'll want to be keeping that name for too much longer. Uh, An ex-teammate of his has come to his defence. There's a surprise. Um, yeah, it's a big scumbag story, right? We'll move yeah, on. And,
2: and, just, and just to throw it out there, it could be the fa- it could be a completely random burglary that had nothing to do with the Sean McCoy at all. But um, that's not the way it's been portrayed in the old media at the moment Yeah, yeah, uh, it
1: looks nasty. Anyway, I, I
2: don't, I don't think El Shady's going to be listening to the final furlong pod so We're probably safe enough to, to slander him. Hey, well, listen,
1: <laughs> uh, ESPN have been all over the story and have been talking about it openly, so. He's got bigger problems than uh, than the final furlong, let me tell you. And uh, <laughs> the top NFL podcasts in the States have been covering this as well. It's been fascinating listening. So, uh, yeah, he's getting it. He's getting it both barrels, I'm afraid. Um, it could be well, trial. Tri-
2: tri- he obviously deserves a Jesus. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> absolutely. But uh, trial by Twitter is finding him. Uh, scumbaggy right now Uh, let's move on to the feature race of the weekend the Darley July Cup blue point uh, victory at Royal Ascot last time over Batash is currently favored as he steps up to a furlong US Navy flag as predicted by Kevin Blake at the start of the season drops to six furlongs and his second favorite under Ryan Moore. Did I say that? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You okay. said this horse will be <laughs> a sprinter later in the season. Really? Yeah, you did. Okay, uh, I can't remember. He's uh, Well, you were spot on and he's a 6.0 chance. Uh, <laughs> well, I so, certainly said it. <laughs> and, and Rory was shouting it as well from the rooftop. Sands of Mali, 9.0. Uh, Dreamfield.
2: I can't believe believe you're persevering with the decimals. Good God. Listen. I hope you get destroyed on social media for this. The final furlong
1: podcast listeners are forward-thinking, intelligent. They're all over decimals. We might like the old world of fractions, but it's all about the decimals from now on. Um, Okay,
2: I'll tell you what we're going to do, Kenners. If you're so confident in that opinion... Once this podcast goes out tomorrow evening, we will run a Twitter poll, and we will ask the good people of Twitter: Would you like Emmett to use decimal or fractions? Is that fair enough? If if the if the if that's what the people want, Kennedy, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. I'm happy to go with it if the people
0: vote vote in favour. What were you going to say, (laughs) Rory? I was. I was going to say: Are you are you happy for this to happen?
1: I have no problem with it happening, uh, seeing uh, every betting exchange.
0: (laughs) Okay. Let's let's just say. You're you're, you're a betting
2: expert, Rory. Much as I I love betting
0: exchanges, you're getting your arse kicked in this poll, I'm afraid. (laughs) What do you reckon? 76 24. (laughs) So you reckon it's
1: all going to be old school thinking?
0: Unless you've got 500 dormant accounts that you you want to (laughs) pop up and uh, do your voting for you. No, No, Honestly, I I would expect it to be
2: 80% or higher, personally.
1: Well, we'll see. Uh, we will. <laughs> decimals are the way forward. It'd be quite interesting if that smug smile was knocked off your face, Kevin. And, I'm uh, very
2: confident in my smugness right now. <laughs> and this vote did
1: not go the way that you intended. Um, right, Dreamfield, who was chinned uh, chinned at uh, Royal Ascot in a big field handicap, is in at 10.0. Redkirk Warrior who (laughs) was under Frankie (laughs) de Tori last time out. Uh, This is uh, pretty interesting in the sense that um, the the trainer is still the same, but it's saying there's a trainer notification trainer change notification but anyway uh, Red Cross- uh,
2: they have a they have a funny kind of partnership system down in Australia and they've just slightly changed the way it's printed on the race card it's okay. not an actual trainer yeah. change
1: okay that's interesting um, so Regan Bayliss the Aussie jockey comes over for the ride uh, Regan Bayliss a man who knows the horse well and uh, has one them on, on multiple occasions takes over from Lanfranco uh, so we'll see if that makes any difference to him. Uh, Lamato. Hmm. Uh, Brando says go for Kevin Ryan. Sioux Nation on a recovery mission, uh, Invincible Army, Fleet Review, Sir Dancelot, Spirit of Valor, and Intelligence Cross. So Aiden's firing plenty of bullets. I think it's a battalion it was described as, Kevin. Uh, US Navy flag dropping in trip, but first of all, let's deal with blue point. Back up to six. Is he the one that's going to take all the beating?
2: Oh, I'd be worried about going back up to six. And I know um, the six on the July course is, you know, not as quite as stiff as the, the six at Ascot, ask, as I like to call Very it. Very important um, but, to pronounce
1: it the correct way that they like it pronounced.
2: Um, but I would be a bit concerned, now. so I would. I know he's won over six furlongs, and he certainly stays the trip. Um, but based on what he did last time, I think that was strong evidence um that five might be his very best trip and you have to ask yourself is he so good that he can win um you know i think it's probably fair to call it up to scratch group one um at a trip that isn't maybe quite his best Mm. Uh, now i let him go and win he he could well go and win but i'd be i'd be happy enough to take him on i think
1: Um, isn't red kirk warrior a fascinating runner given the fact that he clearly didn't run to form at Royal Ascot last time out and Merchant Navy who had formed with him won that race.
2: Um, well, look, I fancied him at Ascot. Um, I, you know, the the form of Merchant Navy read very well. He was better off at the weights. and um, All indications were that confidence was good and high and he ran a shocker with a capital S. And for an Aussie, um, Ascot... Or I will try and get that <laughs> right. And, That's how they like it business. said, Ask It. is um, It isn't, a, you know, it's different to what they're used to in Oz, but they have nothing like the July Course in Oz. Yeah. Uh, it's up and down, undulations, and if he couldn't produce it at Ascot, um, I would be very concerned about him producing it um, at the July Course. Okay. Um, and it wasn't exactly run that it pretty much had no encouragement to take from it. I think it's fair to say, he was beaten a long way out. He's a horse that, in Australia, had shown great tactical versatility. He could make the running; he could be held up. Um, so the one thing you you would have expected him to do is travel, and he didn't. He was beaten a, a long way out. Um, so even at the the you know the increased price that has come about as a result of that poor effort and um, I couldn't stick with him to be honest
1: Richard faye has been making big noises about Sansa Mali who ran that fine race in the Commonwealth Cup but was beaten ultimately by Ektidar they're similar off prices 7.0 9.0 there's, there's not too much separating them between the bookmakers what do you make of that form?
2: Oh look it was a Commonwealth cup that looked a fabulous race on paper um, and I don't want to say it went to bits because the, you know Sansa Mali and Ektidar are two good horses. But, you know, Sioux Nation ran well below expectations. Nothing went right for him from the get-go. Equilateral ran poorly. You know, it just... You just wonder how strong it was. Invincible Army probably didn't run his race. Um, I don't want to knock San at all. He's a lovely horse. And an um, Ecuador, to be fair to him, took a big step up. And there's no reason to doubt that he has made that big step up. Um, but coming into open company now, I just would be slightly sceptical now. I think both would need to come forward a little bit more um, to compete in this, would be would be my thought.
1: And US Navy flag back in trip.
2: Yeah, fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, you know, the, the blinkers stay on, which isn't a surprise, I suppose. And look, he's been running very well. He gets a mile. Like, he gets a mile. But he just doesn't help himself. Um, because the last twice... I think things have been set up to give him an uncontested lead with a view to getting him to relax in front and he just hasn't relaxed and he's gone a bit quicker than ideal both times. So, you know, I think that they've made a big effort to try and relax him. They obviously uh, have thrown that plan out the window now and said, right, he's, we're going to make a sprinter out of him. And, like, the speed is there, to be fair to him. The speed is absolutely there. Um, but having the speed and winning a July Cup... Um, and what is effectively, or you know, what, what what is your first start in an, in an open sprint, open group one sprint is a big big ask, and it has been done before with three rolls, um, not very often, but it has been done. Um, I would just, I would be super impressed with him if he can do it because it's a big big ask of him. I think I, 20... I wouldn't be, I I wouldn't entertain the price with him now. I think that's the, yeah. That he's that gone very be
1: short. Like he was twenty fives for this race before Royal Ascot, but. You know, now he's now he's five to one. 25, 25 to one for this, yeah. Uh, before nice. the St James' Palace, takes, but now he's five to one, six point oh. It's you know, it's a bonkers price. Is twenty five days enough time to transform him from a miler into a training regime to be a sprinter?
2: Ah, look, you there wouldn't be a huge amount to do. you, you know, but with, with a horse like him, they would have been been very careful not to fire Um, not to fire off too many rounds with him at home in terms of trying to keep him relaxed I'm sure they would have given him a couple of bits of sharp sharp work just to try and switch him on Um, having spent the entire spring trying to switch him off but it would just be interesting to see how he reacts because it is a test it is very different and you know at this track as well which I know he shouldn't have any problems per se with the track but asking him to put all that speed down on a track like this first time is, is just a small bit tricky again I'd be I'd be, I'd be impressed if he can do it
1: Okay, who are you going with Kev?
2: Um, don't have a super strong opinion but I know you'll probably laugh but um, is back at a reasonable trip now um, this is his sort of distance he's proven at this track and um, we don't know if he's the same horse as he was last year but at least he's over a trip that should allow him to, to show where he is um, the ground, unless the, those, 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 that shape Mo has been cloud seeding again, I think we're going to get good to firm ground, um, and that's what he wants, and uh, yeah, I think we'll see more like the real Lomato, um on Saturday, um, and we'll, we'll see how much ability he retains, but um, I would expect a, a fair chunk of improvement from him now, all being well.
1: I don't think we've seen the real Lamato for the last two years since he won this race Ooh. back in 2016, but...
2: God, he, he was very good his last start last season, I thought. Um,
1: yeah, when he beat Masset.
2: Yeah, that wasn't all that. It wasn't quite his very best, but it wasn't all that far off it now. He was impressive, mm-hmm. I thought. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he'll need to be back to close to his best, I think, to win. But I, I would expect him to come to show a lot more than he has been over a mile, for sure.
1: Yeah, Gordon Lord Byrne was back in third and it was a group two. Rory, you've heard uh, <laughs> Kevin's assessment
0: of the Darley July Cup. I'd I'd rather have been asked about this a, a couple of weeks ago, in fairness, but I'd I'd be happy to take a risk on um, on US Navy flag. Oh, um, the the current price is is uh, less appealing. I thought he was I thought he was guaranteed to come back for this, given the way he'd been shaping earlier in the season. Um, I thought he blatantly didn't get home, Um I I, I I never thought he would make a stare. I thought he you know when he won the when he won the G-hurst last year it was it was his blazing speed that won him the race and. Um, He's, um, I thought they had to experiment with a mile this year, but I didn't, I didn't really fancy it to work out. Uh, and there are very, very strong um, correlations between him and Mozart, um, who won the race for Aidan O'Brien way back in the day. Mozart's um, like US Navy flag um, was, well, they both ran in the, in the um, 2000 Guineas trial at Leopardstown. Mozart was beaten at one to four in that U.S. Navy flag finished last of four. Um, and then um, they both contested the Irish 2000. Guinea's people finished second there without without um, fully seeing the trip out. And they both went to Royal Ascot. But um, in Mozart's case, he went to the jersey and won over seven furlongs, um, whereas U.S. Navy flag stayed at a mile uh, and was beaten in the St James's Palace. Um, I've got no issue with the programme of dropping him back. You can say you know, can you really condition a horse to be a sprinter um, after the, um, the the career he's had so far? But for me, he's run like a sprinter in all his races. Maybe less so last time out um, by the nature of the St. James's Palace. But I, I thought um, in his previous races, he looked like he was just trying to sustain speed over a mile, but racing as if he was a sprinter. Um, the drop back to six furlongs will suit him. Being drawn and stall 12 um, close to the stand side, rail will suit him as well. Sorry, not the... the Close to the um, uh, the far side rail, rather. Oh no, it's the sand side, Sorry. Yeah, ignore me. Um, that will help him. And um, while he does have a little bit to prove, and we were talking about him running in this race ages ago, and you could have got big prices about a monthly post. Um, so it's a bit daft to be to be piling in now at a short price. But you know, he's always appealed as a type who would redeem re- his reputation. Um, over this trip. And of course, he absolutely loves Newmarket and Fast brand, as we saw last season. So I, I can see a, a full scale revival from US Navy Flag. And I've not liked him one iota this season until now.
1: So I, the whole training regime, really, like he essentially just bursts out of the stalls and goes for it. So that's essentially what Ryan Moore is going to do again. I mean, Kevin's made the point in the show before that. There's there's no real break on the on U.S. Navy flag. You just have to let them bowl along and go with it. And you'd imagine that's what they'll do here. And maybe he's just going to be too difficult to catch. And
2: yeah. well, just just bear in mind that like you know this showing the speed to make the running over a mile. Um, you know you need to show it, more speed to lead over in a, in a all-aged, open group one over over six furlongs. I wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. expect him to make the running, but I think they'll. I think Ryan will just be jumping him out and let, letting him sit forever. His, his he's happy basically wherever his cruising speed um, sits him. And I suppose the theory is that um, you know rather than trying to restrain him the whole time as he was over a mile, he'll just be able to let him flow and relax. Um, probably going a, maybe a shade faster than he was even over a mile. But it's just a case of whether he can whether he can maintain it. And, you know that's where the sprint conditioning might just catch him out, possibly. But we'll find out on Saturday.
1: Okay. Uh, he's your pick, Rory, but at the prices, um, obviously you would. You're on him anti post, I assume. Um, would you make him a bet at current odds, or would you be prepared to let him win at that price?
0: I'd, I'd hope. I'd hope that if you, if you shop around, you'll get, you'll get slightly better than his current odds um, on the day. You know, it, it's still it's still essentially an early post event now, isn't it? Um, although you'd be getting your you get your stake back if he, if he didn't run. Um, but given the nature of the race and given the question marks over him, I, I think you'll get better than the current price if you shot. around. he's not going to he's not going to be punted into favouritism, is he? Surely.
1: Can't imagine so, unless no, so unless I, the heavy
0: mob really got stuck into him. But, but even the, even then, they wouldn't. You know, look they like wouldn't. It. They could not be supremely confident that that he was going to he'd go out and do it. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't think anything's changed. I can understand if he'd been racing over a mile and he suddenly started showing much more speed in his homework, and he was beating horses he wasn't beating before. You know, there was a big change there. I can understand why that might. Uh, precipitate a gamble, but I can't imagine anything has changed. He's a horse he's always had speed. Um you'd rather have a, a top class miler in your hands um than a top class six furlong horse. But you know they, they come to the stage now where he's not going to be a top class miler, Um and this is plan B. So he can't be that short, I wouldn't have thought. But I still think there's a there's a decent angle in him improving for the um for the cut pack and trip. And also just the way the race setup I think potentially suits him. I, I take Kevin's point that um if you're making the run and i i I think it's a very good point for for races generally just because you you often make the running um if you're running in a a a different class race or a race at a different trip um you cannot guarantee you're going to get the same run style the one thing i'll say about him of course is that i don't think he's got two run styles um and he's been making the running in group one races you know proper group one races so um while he's up against some speedy horses here there's not some you know, I'm, I'm not sure there's anything that's guaranteed to lead him if he wants to go on. There's always a possibility of it. Um, and, and Kevin is right that you know measuring uh, early speed in, in uh, mile races and measuring early speed in 6 long races is, is comparing apples and pears. Um, but I think he's got a fair chance of um, of being successful if he if he heads to the front. And if he can't quite lead, he's still going to be competitive.
1: Okay, well, let's switch to York. Uh, this race. Can I,
0: give, can I give a quick shout of one of the big prize Oh, of course you can.
1: Is it going to be Nation? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I think he's overpriced. I think he's overpriced. I thought he'd win the Commonwealth Cup, to be honest. And um, look, things just went wrong from the very get go. He, he missed the kick, and the pace didn't set up the way they would have expected it to. And he just had to use petrol early on. He just ran the race a little bit upside down. And he's clearly beaten quite a long way in well below form, but um we'll always forgive one. And you know, given that Jamie has ridden is riding him here, you know, the market is, is very much you know, it, it, it it's overreacted, I think, to the Commonwealth Cup. He's twenty to one he's a twenty to one shot generally. Um and he's drawn close to the US Navy flag, he's drawn close to Fleet Review, who I'd imagine would go forward as well. So all being well if he hits the gates a little bit more um a little, with a little bit more haste this time um he should get a nice toe into the race and i, I think the talent's there and um, he just needs to to do things the right the right way around here he is a
1: big big old price uh, if he can bounce back from his disappointment at royal ascot dash of spice was a royal ascot winner uh, for David Ellsworth, and uh, we'll be bidding for glory at York. It'll be on ITV3 at 3.40 in the John Smith's Cup, the 59th running of the John Smith's Cup, to be precise. Uh, Thundering Blue, 9.0. Ah, feck! 12.0, appeared <laughs> 15.0. Uh, what Have you unearthed a bit of value for us in this race, Roy DeLarge? Have you cracked this handicap wide open?
0: uh no is yeah. the answer to that because the horse i would have been very sweet on is zaki who's an on-runner so i'm kind of back to the drawing board a little bit with this i really like thundering blue i've always liked thundering blue we put him up a couple of times last season um napped him again um at royal Ascot last time out uh when again he had absolutely no chance to weigh that race played. He was beaten after 50 yards um uh, you know, I, I keep going on about the old um, uh, high draw over a mile and a half at Royal Ascot, but you've got to be ridden uh, prominently to take advantage of it. And he's a, he's generally been ridden as a hold-up horse, and and they didn't want to change tactics. He was drawn twenty on the day, but he was um, he was held up, and once he was held up, his race was finished, you cannot you cannot allow everything on your inside to come past you. Um, to get a position. You're immediately 25 lengths behind horses for not even going that fast in the first place. So he had no chance whatsoever of winning. Um, what I'd love to see with him is a, is a little bit of rain. I know I know he won on um, on, on good to farm ground at York, um, but I think he probably got away with it that day because he'd been a non-runner on fast ground before um, for that reason. And I think with horses who don't really want lightning fast ground, he'll usually get away with it once um, but if you keep doing it, then then they start to resent it a little bit. Um, but, you know, he's, he was, of course, a very impressive uh, winner here two starts ago. To the downside is, of course, that he's seven pounds higher. And um, if you're aiming horses at races like this, um, ideally you want to be able to campaign them so that they get in just before they show seven pounds of improvement rather than just after they do it. Mm. Um, so that's a little bit of a concern. And he's a single figure price. And obviously he was well behind Dash of Spice. I say it's a single bigger price. You were suggesting he was. Was he up to the top of the betting with Dasher Spice?
1: Seven point oh and Thundering Blues nine point oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's not. I mean, given that Dash of Spice finished um um nine lengths behind him, um and never competitive at Royal Ascot, then um you could argue that um uh the Dash of Spice is still uh, still a degree of value. He's up um He's up five pounds, obviously carrying a penalty for for this early closing race. Yeah. Um but he, he should he should go well again. Um although Sylvester D'Souza's been on him for his his improved performances of late. Um doesn't ride him this time. David Egan back on board, and David Egan no longer able to claim three pounds. So that's a slight issue with him as well. Um and I just I wonder how far clear those those horses are now of, of their rivals. Not very is the answer. So although I really like Thundering Blue, and I've always said there's a big race in him. He he I wouldn't say he blew it by winning here in May. Um, but he made things a bit harder for himself by getting it getting up to a rating of a hundred. And when I was backing Sundering Blue in the first place, he was rated idiot. Um and he's a lot higher in the weights now. So um I'm I'm gonna sit in the fence with this at the moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking at it again overnight and trying to find something new. But the one who did um who did jump off the page to me was uh was the start runner who's, Who's no longer in the field, Zaki? Yeah, so um, he
1: is going to run in the three o'clock at Newmarket on Friday instead. Much to much administration.
0: Yeah, I find that I find that a very odd, a very odd um, switch because I think this race will suit him really well, and it's worth one hundred and twenty-five grand. It's odd. Mm-hmm. It's
1: very so, very odd. The race he's going for um, instead is a 0 to one hundred and five. And yeah. it's worth 49 grand.
0: Yeah. Right. T- I don't know about you, but I'd, r- I'd rather have the extra 80 grand. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'll take uh, the extra so, so, 80K, yeah. thank you. The one thing I would say about this, there'll be a lot of talk about the draw and, oh, X's drawn and stalls 17 or 18 or 19. And that's a terribly difficult draw. But you look at the results of this race um, over the years and big field Handicaps at York. Um, horses are constantly defying uh, wide draws without there being a specific advantage to being there again like all races like this the key is getting a, getting a clear run um, and often what they do at York is, is they swing off the bend and come up the centre of the track and that gives everything a chance um, so the, the results of this race show that there's no, there's no inherent draw bias mm. um, there can be a bias if, if they're mad keen to get across to the, to the stands rail on soft ground, and they come across early, and there can be an advantage if they think they need to be on the far side of the track, um, and they don't come across the middle. Therefore, horses who are drawn low can be disadvantaged if they don't get an early position. Whereas if they come off both rails and they race up the centre, if you're good enough, you can come from anywhere in the field. Um, so don't worry too much about the draw. Well,
2: I don't have a big, I don't have a big thought in this race, but is Dermot well bringing over tandem? That one of the most random things of all time.
1: It has to. Be. Bit, yeah. He's nine. Yeah. Oshinor takes the uh, takes three pounds off. Um, his
2: only his only runner at York, you know, seemingly quite well exposed nine year old. You know, good run last time. It just like it wouldn't be like Dermot Well to bring one over for you know a handicap in England full stop. But one with this profile, it seems. Very strange, doesn't it? Should, should we take the
1: hint? Or well, <laughs> we that's, what, was gonna, that's what I was going to say
0: to you, Kev. Because it will suit him. It looks, you know, it looks like the ideal type of race for him. I think he um, he's probably best at a mile and a quarter rather than a mile and a half or a mile. Um, I think he appreciates a good gallop, um, and he is effective on on quick ground. Um, and I think he's actually more likely to get his conditions. Um, in England a lot of the time than he is in Ireland but in saying that you would have expected him to have been making the occasional trip over or maybe a, a purchase being arranged for him to, uh, to, to move to an English yard it's not like Dermot to run them randomly in, in, in British handicaps
2: mm,
1: it's very so he, strange. he is an odd one I just wonder given the fact that things were so disappointing in the yard last year that you know maybe he's he's of the like the horse did win last year um, but obviously it was very disappointing at Galway and, and then at Leopardstown uh, at the start of the season as well. It's just,
2: you know. He's, very strange.
1: Yeah, just given his age profile and all, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, you were saying it's not necessarily a race that you've got a strong opinion on, Kev.
2: No, not a bit, no, no.
1: Well, I think you are going to have an opinion on a race where you had it right off on Derby Day. You had your team of runners saddling up the donkeys. You were taking all the 10 to 1, and you had the little bags out. and You were going up and down the lines and sending off the horse at 7 to 2, only for Petticoat to go and absolutely bolt up like the good thing she was. Take all the money. Closed down a few bookmakers on the day. A few fellas had to throw in the towel. That was it. Game over. Early retirement. Blake <laughs> seat sleeps soundly on a big bed full of cash. And now she's in the listed race at Killarney. And she will be winning on ATR Sunday at half past three.
2: Um, yeah, I'd say she's probably the one to beat. And there's a few interesting ones against her. Um, Joseph will have ship of dreams, who'll have her chance. Um, but Petticoat was was super impressive last time. Um, gosh she won off 90 that day. She's up to 102 now. She earned each and every one of those pounds.
1: Absolutely. Um, back
2: up to back up to you know sharpish mile. Um, no problem. Ground no problem. Um, she'll be given a no nonsense ride, I'd imagine. Baron, she gets terrible luck with the draw and um and yeah she'll take a she'll take a bit of eating now i think she's very nice your best bet of the weekend rory delargy
0: <sighs> oh that's Talk not me easy on that there. <laughs> um i've been i've been circumspect on a few of them haven't i a few of the old favorites run and i'd be probably backing them but cutting back on stakes um, let's let's go the whole hog and say U.S. Navy fine. Oh, oh yeah,
1: right. I'm liking it. Uh, clearly, it's Gilgamesh, and uh, Kev for you?
2: Yeah, for the sake of the band, I'll go with two nations.
1: <sighs> what a what a touch that would be. Get on the reverse forecast. Sioux Nation, U.S. Navy flag, and we'll see you in Dubai. Uh, That's it. We'll review the weekend's action on Monday. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed it. From Kevin Blake. Good fan. (laughs) Dyson. The best fans in the business, as long as you're willing to pay over the odds. Uh, from Rory DeLarge if I,
2: if, if, I, if I strapped it to my back do you reckon I could fly like the like fan man.
1: Give it a go. Give it a go. Do, um, <laughs> do like Mo in The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and try and go in and, and rescue Homer from the boxing rings. From Kevin Blake. Good luck. From Rory Delargy.
0: All the very best.
1: Uh, and for me, Emma's Kennedy, thank you so much for tuning in. We will chat to you next week on the Final Froland Podcast. God bless. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.